The following podcast is a Live the Dream Media production. Welcome to Skinology Sessions, Good episode morning. seven. And I'm here with Aliana today, and we have a special guest, Marisa Duarte, owner of Beauty Republic. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. First of all, I want to thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm really honored to be here. I've listened to almost every episode so far, so I feel like I have a sense of the energy and the lay of the land, if you will. I love it. You do your research. I try. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I navigate the world. So I did that with this. So awesome. Came ready. Um, so thank you for the introduction. I am the owner of Beauty Republic, a small self-care sanctuary in Tucson, if you will, specializing in holistic skin care is our quote unquote niche. We are so excited to have you. Um, I just had a couple of questions. If you could tell us a little bit more about your business. Sure. So my business offers holistic experiences when it comes to skincare. Um, facial massage is really what my focus is. That's what I've really kind of dialed in on. And Vanessa and I offer more natural, if you will, holistic product. Um minimal, clean skincare that pregnant people, people who are ill or mothers who are nursing, um, the products that we offer and the services that we offer are safe enough for almost anyone to enjoy. And that kind of came about when I was thinking about conceiving my son. He's kind of the reason for this entire way of doing business in skincare. Um, and that's, I guess, the short and sweet version of what we offer and what we do. Yeah. And you're talented and you have amazing hands. And I've felt your hands on my face. Thank you. And buccal massage. Is it buccal mm -hmm. or buccal? In France, they say buccal. 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 But in America, I've heard buccal, buccal. I like Different. buccal. <laughs> I do so too. So we've done the buccal massage and... For people that don't know what that is, it's literally an intraoral massage. So you put the fingers in the mouth and you massage and you detoxify. Can you tell us more about your certifications, including the sure. buccal and the, I know you did gua sha with Cecily. Mm -hmm. um, tell us yeah. about all of that. So gua sha with Cecily Braden, you've talked about her a few times. Yes. And she really is like, I can't say enough good things about her. And I've heard you speak about her a few times, so I won't um, go down that rabbit hole too much. But I've trained with Cecily. Vanessa and I have um, trained with her to learn a more in-depth understanding of gua sha. Um, I've studied Dean Chanzone, a facial reflexology practice. Um, I did that during COVID because we had so much time. So like no better time than then to do something like that. But I think the highlight of my training was um, traveling to Paris, France and studying with Joelle Sioko in Paris. It was quite an honor and a privilege to have the experience. And that really transformed my business. Um, 
it's a unique training. It's a one of a kind. I feel really lucky because there are only, I think, six of us practicing in America right now and eight of us certified who are from America. Um, That's incredible. It is pretty cool. Um, And so the actual buccal massage itself it is an intraoral massage i do have gloves on i always tell clients <laughs> like just so you know i'll have gloves on um but i i'm working specifically with the deepest muscles in the mouth the masseter muscles the deeper masseter muscles right so it always feels nice when you're getting a facial massage especially when it's very focused and dialed in on oxygenating muscles releasing tension But there's something to be said about that massage when it's inside of the mouth. I've had many people say like things like, oh, wow, I had this urge to cry or I had this really deep sense of like, I don't know, something might come up where there's trauma involved or I didn't know I was holding on or not saying this thing that I really have been wanting to say. And so oftentimes I have to kind of direct people like if something comes up for you I'm going to encourage you to go and talk to someone that you might see professionally because it can ring up a lot there's a lot that our bodies store and with this massage like I said it's transformed my business because it's added this different layer of like a vulnerability in the space it's very vulnerable for me to be in someone's mouth and for someone to be in a space of receiving that type of treatment everyone hates the dentist Like, how many people do you know that like it? I think part of it for me is it's so vulnerable. Like, you can't see what they're doing. You have no say in the experience, really. And so I really do, like, respect people who allow me to do that, that, provide that service for them, rather. It's magical. And I've had it before. And I think you just, we all hang on to so much tightness in our jaw. And you don't realize it until somebody's in there massaging the masseter muscle, which is one of the strongest muscles mm-hmm. in the entire body. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. I have a question. Sure. When you do that massage, is could it benefit like TMJ or any type of headaches or anything? Wow. Um, so I'm not like a doctor right. in all those crazy American ways of like covering your ass, if you will. Sorry. Yeah. Let's do the <laughs> disclaimer. The way, right? <laughs> Throw the disclaimer um, out But there. I do tell people like... It can be beneficial in aiding symptoms for TMJ. These muscles, these masseter muscles are connected to the temporal, to the temporal bone, to the temporalis, if you will, and also also wrap around the back of the head to like the areas in the back where these these ways that we cultivate clenching, right? Because we're holding on to things, that doesn't just affect the jaw. It's going up into the actual skull, if you will. So I have clients who are regular clients of mine whose doctors send them to me, like, go see Marissa, your TMJ is acting up. Um, So it's it's been really nice to be able to provide that sense of relief for people. Really, something that came out of, like, me seeing it um, on YouTube and it being advertised as, like, really a more vain treatment Mm -hmm. has become a really beautiful treatment in my practice, a way of kind of tending to the self in a deeper way, as well as providing a lot more relief for someone who might not even think like, oh, I go get a facial massage. Now I don't have that nagging pain that I wake up with all the time. That's incredible. That is absolutely amazing. I'm sorry. I can't stop smiling because <laughs> I'm like, that is great. <laughs> this is what I love about skincare though, that you're you're basically like a scientist, right? It's mm-hmm. There's a lot of like science and anatomy involved and people really have no idea. 
like sure. how much is really involved in aesthetics. Totally. So it's thank very you. Very alchemic. Sharing. Yeah. Yes. I think that's one of my favorite parts of this practice. Sure. For sure. Thank you for answering that. That was like, I. She I just, needs it now. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I need to make an appointment. So I'd love <laughs> to do that for you. I wanted to ask you, what was your life before aesthetics? Um, how was it like teaching? And when did things change for you? Mm. So life before aesthetics was a lot more robotic for me. The teaching part wasn't so much. It was really beautiful. So I taught at Mountain View High School for JTED, Pima County JTED. They have um, programs throughout Tucson that provide real life experiences for children through through school, if you will. So I specifically taught culinary arts, um, which is different, but not so much when it comes to skincare because there's still that very like alchemic piece, right? Um, so I've had this love for ingredients, if you will, forever. And I think that that experience helped me kind of understand. I know this is so crazy and weird, but like dermaplaning, for example, I got it in like 15 minutes because it was like, ah, oh, this is no different than like descaling a fish. <laughs> and everyone was looking at me like I was crazy and I'm left-handed. So it looks weird. And I hold my scalpel different because I'm left-handed. So there's all these pieces. But had I not had that experience of like um, fabricating fish, I probably would have had a really hard time because how many left-handed teachers are there in skincare, right? Absolutely. So I had these, so sorry to go back to the question, um, teaching really provided me the most ideal foundation for doing anything. Teachers, like I bow down to them, especially teachers that teach subjects where it's required that you do, teachers all do all the things, but like culinary for example I had to have run a student-run business where we catered um, I was the, the the counselor the nurse the grading person ordering food planning field trips taking them to student-run competitions doing all these things and all that was so amazing but what really changed things for me was my stress level um, the politics and education really just kind of sucked the joy out of things for me and the breaking point was when I thought something was physically wrong with me. I started experiencing um, pain in the left side of my body. And I thought I was having like a stroke or something. Um, I would have like what felt like neuropathy in my left hand, which is also my dominant hand. And that was really scary. I was having re reoccurring headaches, uh, really intense gestational stuff like stomach cramping and pain so much so that I had to have like extensive testing like endoscopy done blood work done an MRI of my brain because my doctor thought I was on like early symptoms of MS wow all of the tests were negative and once I finally got honest with myself about what it really was which was the stress that came with teaching because I'm a perfectionist and like you said, oh, you do your research. Like it's so much and it's been a learning process for me. Like I don't have to go as hard every time, right? There's certain things and places in my life where I can just meet them with like ease and that's been a learning process for me. But when I was teaching, I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect, to have my lesson plan ready and a plan A, B, C, and D that it was causing me so much havoc internally, and that is the breaking point. And that also was a really, leaving that was a life-changing experience because I remember waking up one day and thinking, this is what I do, this is not who I am. I was allowing like this 
title of being this teacher. It's like CTSO Teacher of the Year once, like new teacher of the year. And I was the president of the um, facts ed committee and the president of this committee, like just doing too much, um, but reminding myself like this is who, not who you are. This is what you do. And kind of having this ego death with like this is a title. No matter where I go, I trust and I believe that I will always bring my best and I can rebuild whatever this is. And having that resistance from people was pretty interesting. Like, you're going to leave teaching? It's the safest job out there, right? Mm -hmm. You have early retirement. You have these holidays off. You have these weekends off, which I really didn't. Um, you're going to leave, like, state retirement, all this stuff. But I knew, like, I had no question about it that I was going to be okay. And the second I signed my um, my resignation, if you will, or sent it in, the stress that I was feeling literally just dissipated. Wow. So, yeah, that that was the kind of breaking point, if Absolutely. you will. Absolutely. And you notice that feeling, that weightless yeah. feeling, and you're like, this is I think is I heard you better. talking about, like, physical stuff, right, and Absolutely. how that impacts us, and it does it it can cause a lot of a lot of like anxiety and discomfort in more ways than just like the heart racing right yeah, right. yeah. Sure. isn't that crazy with, with like, teaching to you're responsible for 30 plus kids in one hour so it's and a so lot. that that cycled like it was 30 kids an hour but five times a day wow right yeah. And then you get invested in all these yeah. students, I'm sure, because you're an empath, too. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the beginning of Beauty Republic. Um, so the beginning, it was, I had this vision. I worked in a space before, and I had a good experience there. Um, nothing bad happened. And I still have a good relationship with the person who I worked with there and who owns the, the space. But there was no representation of anyone that looked like me other than my best friend, Vanessa. Like, it was predominantly white women in the space, and they were all doing really well, and I came in new, and I'm a woman of color, specifically Latina. Um, and I was, I felt very, like, welcomed and nurtured, but there weren't a lot of women that looked like me in the space, and I thought, if there aren't a lot of women that look like me here as a renter, then that means, like, where are we going? And who's taking care of us when we go into these spaces? Because I'll be honest, I there I had this sense of like, you can do good, but you can't do better than me. Like mm. there's some energy in spaces where, and I'm just going to be like blatantly honest because I feel like this is a space where that's okay. Absolutely. Um, a lot of white women are okay with you doing well, but not better than them. And that didn't sit well with me. And that could just be my experience. I'm not saying that's how they were treating me, but that's just like this subconscious thing that happens. And I didn't want anyone, I wanted to create a space where I genuinely meant like when I want you to do better, just like I see you treating your staff, you're, you're the women you work with. I want you to do better and I want you to do better than me, right? Like I want to provide a space a genuine space for you to thrive, for you to flourish. And I don't want to hold you back from anything, but more importantly, I don't want you to hold yourself back from anything. Um, that's where Beauty Republic was born from, was that inner knowing that like there has to be something else out there for people that look like me and that come from places that I come from. Um, and that that really was 
where it all came from. Um, yeah. So I know you that. and Vanessa were like, <laughs> let's do our own thing. She, no. Vanessa was not. She thought I was crazy. I was like, I'm going to rent a space and I think I'm going to do this thing. And I was six months out of skincare school. And so she was just like, what? And first I've rented. It's very similar. I just rented um, right out of school. And this was in, I don't know, six years ago-ish. We're in like that really kind of still frowned upon. Now it's much more acceptable. But first of all, I was just renting the space. And then I was like, I'm going to go rent a building. I think that I can do this. She thought I was crazy. I rented the building. And she's always has this little bit of resistance to things. And I'm just like, no fear. Just do it, right? Like, What's the worst that could happen? This sounds like a lot like somebody I know. (laughs) You and I are really similar. Totally. And I'm sure you like pushed Vanessa just how I pushed every single one of my girls. Yes. She like three months later was like, okay, I'm going to come. And then now even to this day, it's pretty funny. She's like, you are crazy. Uh, What are we doing now? I don't know. We're just, just say yes. Just say yes. I love this. Yeah. (laughs) And it worked. And Vanessa stayed behind for a little bit because... I told you the story about how Vanessa oh, yeah. gave me my first Brazilian <laughs> wax ever. Oh, I was like nine plus months pregnant. Yeah. And she was looking for a Brazilian model. And I'm like, I'll do it. Why not? I'm like pregnant. have nothing else to do. She and it was your first? First Brazilian wax ever. Mind you, I'm like pregnant with a 10-pound baby. You know, whale of a tail. Like <laughs> not comfortable. <laughs> Go in. Vanessa waxes me. That evening I went into labor. So I think the blood flow or totally. something it's happened. impeccable timing. So I have met her before, you and have. I don't know if she remembers she me. She remembers she you. She does, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyway, yeah, weird story. So Beauty Republic at the beginning versus where it is now. Mm, it's just like being a mama. Yes. Right? Like at the business is a perfect reflection of who I am now versus who I am when I first opened the space. It's much more dialed in. Um, like I said, our niche, if you will, is this, right? Before, I didn't know who I was six years ago-ish, right? We were always evolving. And so it was much more broad. I didn't have this knowing that, like, I want to I want to specialize in this thing. I was exploring who I was. I was exploring what I liked. Um at one point, there were eight people working in our space, some sharing rooms, some sharing days, and it was great. I would feel really lucky and privileged that I got to hold space and share space with that many women and provide what I, I did my best, provide a foundation for people to branch out on their own, do their own thing. Um, beautiful things have come out of that experience. And now, just like when you're a parent, it's so dialed in, like now my my focus and my priority is my child, what I'm providing for him and not just monetarily, but like energetically, right? Like things had to get cleaned up in order for me to be the best mama for him and the best business owner for myself and the best woman for myself. So now it's just much more dialed in. I, think I never, I never went to your old space, but your new space is one of the most beautiful treatment rooms that I've ever been in. Thank it's you. like such a vibe in there. I just like love walking in, and your doggo mm-hmm. hang hangs out the whole time. What's his What's Matilda. his name? Matilda. Matilda hangs out, <laughs> I love that name. and yeah. she's like a cute little doggo, and she's just chill. She like sleeps on her bed while I get a facial, and it's incredible. Occasional oh snore. Yeah, <laughs> little. 
I have been to your old space and I thought it was absolutely amazing. I think that you did a fantastic job and just energetically a lot of amazing women you could tell were working there. So it was really beautiful and I can't wait to see your new space. Thank you. I feel like this, I was going to say that the space feels similar energetically and that there's this like hum of like peace. And I feel like it trend, it's going to come with us. Um, but I do agree. Like we've always had, even when people decided to move into their own space, there's always been this level of respect that we've had for each other, um, had, have. And I really do like I'm so grateful for that because I feel like that's followed us and I'm grateful. Yeah. And you know amazing. how important the peace and the harmony mm-hmm. and like the quiet is to a business like ours, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you tell us what is one thing about your business that you didn't expect? COVID. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good one. Yeah, COVID. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's every human being's response to that question right now, but really I had no idea. And it was such a blessing in a way because I would have only had that very American three months off thing with my child when he was born. He was born in January of 2020. Wow. So I was ready to go back to work in, in April. Yeah. And then lockdown happened, and I was like, oh, I, I can't go back to work. I can't go back to work. This is great. <laughs> and not only that, but my husband's business was shut down at the same time because we're in the same industry. But it afforded us more time with our son. For that, I'm really grateful. And then it also did this thing, right, where, like, as a business owner of a skincare business, we were shut down for almost three months. My lease was conveniently up in July, and so I had to really decide, like, ooh, do I want to risk being shut down again with this couple thousand dollar mortgage payment, if you will, of a building that's not even mine? Or do I have to like really sit down and reassess? And again, another ego death, right? Like I did it. I did my best. We all did our best. But now we really have to decide like what are we capable of upholding and like what are we willing to let go of in order to have peace and really a provided more peace than anything else, I think. I think that was your big question, right, Alana? Because she was like, the space was amazing. Why would she give it up? Here's Mm -hmm. the answer. I loved it. I I loved going there. I, I, at the doors, I I like always say that the doors doors. were just so amazing. And energetically, it was a really great place. I could, that was just, if I could choose to be somewhere, that would definitely be, that would be an option for me. I was like, that was, the space was beautiful. The energy was beautiful. It was quiet and just, you did a really amazing job with it. Thank you. Yeah. I will tell you this because I'm a manifester, manifesting generator, all all the titles, right? I have this vision and it's going to come back one day. It won't be in that space. It will be somewhere. And I keep telling Vanessa this and she's like, I believe you now. Now she believes me like six years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will. I will have a space one day when my son's more in a space of like independence a little bit, like maybe when he starts actual school, where I create more of like the sanctuary experience, but it's going to be a space where people travel to, um, uh, a space where people fly into to escape. And so it won't be in the middle of the city. This is beautiful right now it's working great right now and I do believe that my space where I'm in now might be the space where I continue to provide my mentorship like one-on-one stuff for people um but one day well it'll be a place where you can go in and shop for clean skincare it'll be a place where you can go in and get away um 
Yeah. So I have that. I see it. Yeah. I, I know. That's why I was closing my eyes. I'm I like, I could it. definitely see yeah. that for sure. So with business then, because mm-hmm. you're going to talk about doing like this whole business and I just picture this amazing thing in the middle of the desert yeah, me too. and I can't break away. <laughs> um, do you have any business mentors or anybody that helps I you? I do. I have this business mentor. She's like a mama to me. Uh, her name is Sandra Morse, and I am not gatekeeping her at all. I want everybody to see Sandra. If you have the means and the time and you're curious, Sandra Morse is in Tucson, Arizona. I found her because we were supposed to find each other um, from another mentor of mine, Kelly Musel, who owns Downtown Faces. She introduced me to Sandra many years ago, and I've been seeing Sandra since 2016 religiously. Sandra used to, Sandra created, she's responsible for the training, the way that got about, and I'm not sure how it works now. I don't know the ins and outs, but she is responsible for how they elevate their staff, if you will. Like you have to go through these things. She told me this one time and it like totally hit. She was like, you want to be interesting in this industry? Well, take yourself on. She's like, you know why people gossip in our industry? And I was like, no. She was like, because they're not interesting. They don't know how to relate to each other any other way but gossip. And it wasn't her trying to shame. It was just her being honest. I've taken my team, if you will, to see her. You either love her or you hate her. And she'll she'll laugh when she hears that because she's a very strong energy. Like, And she's taught me how to be well-boundaried. She's taught me how to ask for what I want, to say what I mean, to mean what I say for agreements. Um, she has taught me to say yes to invitations because we don't get a lot of them. We don't get a lot of good ones. So when you get one, you better say yes. She has taught me how to um, get clear about who I want in my field, if you will, and to be okay with not inviting everyone, not sharing all parts of myself with certain people, right? And these are like seemingly simple, but not so simple. And she's also brought me a lot of education that has nothing to do with skincare that has done major transformations in my life, has provided so many beautiful, expansive experiences for myself, for my husband, for my community. So she, I like, can't say enough amazing things about and she's in Tucson so if people want her information um, and she doesn't just specialize in like business coaching she's an ontologist so she studies the most simple way I can describe it is she studies she studied and teaches how to communicate not just with each other but more importantly how do we communicate with ourselves very cool we're gonna be calling Sandra (laughs) yeah we're also gonna be writing that down as well What is your favorite productivity hack for Mm. entrepreneurs? So I'm speaking as a woman of color specifically and to my experience as an entrepreneur. Rest. Rest. As a person of color, we're not encouraged to rest, right? Like, I'm so bad at it and that's why I know it so well. I have to force, I have to like cut time out of my calendar and my husband too. We literally have to like, Okay, two weeks out in Aravaipa Canyon, one week out, you know, in nature, really nature. Um, I feel like laying it all down is the best recipe for productivity because when we're bored, it cultivates this really beautiful creative energy if you allow it to come to you. 
That's a really underrated one. I love it. And I can identify with that because I have to drag my husband on vacation three times a year. And it's always like a struggle and it's always a stress. And you're right in the Hispanic community. Like if you rest, you're lazy. Yes. La huevona. Yes. yes. Uh, if you wake up, you know, if you sleep in, my mom's like, oh, la huevona. You know, she's not here yet. <laughs> she always has something to say. Like they want you up and Absolutely. working. And it, it's true. It is a cultural thing. I'm, I'm sure other people have it too, but it's, it's definitely a thing. And how do you get your hubby to like agree to time off? Because I know it's probably hard with him too. He's so good at it now oh, in comparison to before. Okay. When we first started um, our relationship over 12 years ago, anything, it was unheard of. Like that is not allowed. And him working with Sandra has really provided him years of working with Sandra. But um, as a business owner, as a man, as a Hispanic male, right, There's has there's been some deep um, level of unlearning habits. And it's taken time and we're still learning together. But it's this work of like letting go of this generational patterning. Really, it's that work that has transformed his ability to say, yes, I will rest. Yes, I will do this for myself. Yes, I'm allowed to take time. That's good. I love that you said that because when I first started at Scanology, my number one rule to myself was that you take a vacation at least every couple of months do something fun, anything like that. You just need to make sure that you have that time for yourself, resting. So it's, I Even yesterday, Eliana works two days a week, and I'm like, you know, there's a third day here available. <laughs> if you want it, you could be three times a week instead of two. And she, you did a good job of setting your boundary because she's Thank like, you. no, I'm, I'm going to stick to two. And I'm like, good. all right, I have that's a, fine. <laughs> I have a plan. Like, I just know that this is going to work out for me and I love it. And we do podcasts here on Tuesdays. So I'm like, Tuesdays are podcast days and I can't wait to be full time. But I am, I tell everybody, I'm like riding the boat. I'm like totally okay. I haven't been working for over two years. So this is perfect for me to transition into what my next. How old are you? Do you mind if I ask old? I'm going to be 24 tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So I see you. I hear you. And I, when I say that, I mean it. Like, you have an, uh, a presence to you. On your very first podcast, everyone is amazing. But there's something about you. Mm. Really, okay. I'm, I mean this. There's something about you. you. You know where you're going, and you have this very wise energy about yourself. And so I want you to keep, yeah. Just Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. that I appreciate that. Remember I told you my best friend said the same thing about you. Yes. He, my best friend Daniel said, Aliana has like the voice for this podcast. Mm -hmm. He's like, she's fun to listen to. You guys are so amazing. No, you're amazing. (laughs) And you don't just, it's an energy thing. You have this like, you have this very, this is not your first time here. Thank you. I definitely. Yeah. Like a wise energy. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I definitely, everybody always says, you're an old soul. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I just, I feel it too. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel comfortable and I appreciate you saying that. So thank cool. you. It's okay for you to keep your boundaries with me because I will always push. <laughs> Trust me, you're going to, you're going to get one good push. Trust me. <laughs> I always push her, but I mean, sometimes it's, it's good. A lot you of did. times it's good. A lot of the times she's like, no, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, no, I'll respect okay. it. <laughs> so how has motherhood changed you oh man um 
you you get it I get <laughs> in it. so many ways um the best one of the ways that it really changed me was it first of all it's so humbling it's so humbling and it like my business required me to dial in on my priorities what's really important right like is this stuff even important you know, like monetary things do they really matter as much as I put emphasis on them um how it's changed me is it really it feels like it put me in a space and put me in this canister and like shook me and rocked my world and it really feels like my heart is gonna explode in ways that you hear like that thing that moms say um but it really also scared the hell out of me and made me really sit with myself and the generational pattern that my family and people before me have experienced and it really forced me to get extra serious about the healing that I'm doing for myself and my child and my family and my partner and it asked me to get more clear about what I want from my life right like how do I want to what do I want to cultivate now that I am responsible for another person who do I want to be in relationship to this other person do I want to be that Hispanic mom and this is not me trying to like say that what they're doing is bad or not okay but I want to have an inter interdependent relationship with my son I don't want it to be codependent I don't want him to be dependent on me I want to cultivate a young man who is respectful and understands the harm that he does to people just because he is a man in the world, right? Like I want to raise a boy, a man who is courteous and generous and kind and soft and it takes time to pause and is emotionally intelligent and who picks up his own damn plate and doesn't expect someone to serve himself, who doesn't leave shoes in the corner because he's so used to everybody picking up after him. It really required me to get clear about like, ooh, what kind of kid do I want to raise? No, no, no. What kind of man do I want to raise? And so it's forced me to step up um, in ways that I never imagined and to get really clear with my husband. And it causes some things, right? Like, even as simple as me saying, come on, we got to be gentle, be gentle. People are always like, oh, no, that's how boys are raised. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just you saying that's how you, that's the patriarchy speaking. And my child will understand that that's a whole system that is damaging to people. And so it's, yeah. It's, it's the toughest job that we have. Yeah. I get it. And I describe motherhood as it feels like your beating heart is outside of yes. your body. That is what it feels like to be a mom. And all of the things that you mentioned, I'm sure any like boy mom completely understands mm -hmm. because it's, it's hard. It's the hardest job we have. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like you're an amazing mom and Thank that you. kid's going to be such a like well-rounded adult. Thank you. I can't wait to see who he becomes. <laughs> that's for sure. No right? pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so could you tell us about your favorite childhood memory? Mm. Oh. Switching it up a little bit. Sure. So my favorite childhood memories really consist 
of being at my grandparents' house, my nana, my tata's house, my nana's houses, rather. Um, being carefree, playing outside in the water in the cul-de-sac, riding bikes, being in the mud, going to the rodeo parade, going to, you know, just being kid, really. Those thing. are my favorite. Just that feeling of absolute joy. You don't have to worry about anything else. You can just be present. That was, I think, those moments were the most present I think I have felt um, before the world kind of takes you and pulls you through the mud. You yeah. can identify with that because you're super close with your grandparents yeah, too, right? Yeah, that's when you said Nana and Tata. I'm like, yep, that's where I was. Didn't like, you used to bring your Nana into my space uh, yes, to get oh her nails God. done? Yeah, yeah, she would come with me. Me and her would both so see Jessica. <laughs> yes. Like, and we would go places like younger or like if I go, I would go somewhere. I started driving by myself. People would be like, where's your Nana? Like, you usually have your grandmother with you. But me and her are, are super close. Um she picked me up every day after school. Mm-hmm, she took me to dinner. She I, she helped me with my homework. She made me erase my handwriting and do it all over again. Yep. And she, I mean, uh, she was in majority of my childhood memories, just like you. Mm-hmm. So. And they're still really supportive. Like, Nana and Tata were the first ones here at our open house. Mm-hmm. They're, they're waiting it's like in the 9.55. They're, like, banging on the door. I know. Wanting to <laughs> they're get crazy. A, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanting to get a gift bag. And then Tata, like, goes in there and does anything you need for your room and they're anything. super sweet like if i need i can't reach the window i mean he's there with the tall ladder and he's gonna help me with the curtain or he's gonna help me hang something up or i have a white and gold chest that we completely sand down and redid and i mean he did it with me and i i was like the assistant mostly but i mean he 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 gives he gives me a lot so i i appreciate them both so That's much so beautiful i yeah. love them shout out to nana and tata yeah shout out to nana and <laughs> <Yes>. tata <laughs> um all right let's talk about skincare yeah. what is your skincare routine what are some of your personal favorite products well my skincare routine is pretty minimal i have a 2 year old yeah. so anytime someone comes to me and i feel like we always attract like minded and like habited people mm-hmm. but i i love it when someone's like oh, i'm a minimalist i don't really do anything i'm like great i'm your gal so my routine um oil cleansing i'm always a fan of an oil cleanser a double cleanse in the evening hydrosols are my jam because i'm oil cleansing so i don't have to give back that acid from stripping it away so oil cleansing hydrosol serum and I just kind of, I'm a Taurus, so I let my senses guide me. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. But um, a serum, moisturizer, usually in the form of a balm, because I like feeling like that greasy, like dewy. Um, and then an eye serum before the balm, usually. That's my night jam. Morning, it's so simple. Hydrosol, serum, eye, eye serum moisturizer in the form of a balm and SPF and I'm a tinted SPF gal because I really don't wear any makeup it's just tinted SPF some mascara and then we're going um but it's pretty simple and for the really minimalist minimalist people they're probably like that's not minimal (laughs) no that is (laughs) but for a skincare person like in this industry that's pretty simple I think absolutely I can relate a lot to your skincare routine too because I don't wear foundation 
like Mario will be like, put on some makeup. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> Too much I effort, don't want right? To. <laughs> Just no. for a photo. Sure. No, okay. I get it. I get it. Um, and you like the specifically the living libations sea buckthorn oil, right? That's one of my favorites. Okay. I'm also really digging Apoterra's vetiver cleansing mm. oil. And if you want to get really crazy, I'm talking like really crazy. This might be your Christmas present. May Lindstrom's Blue Cocoon Concentrate is like anything from May Lindstrom. But I'm talking like Beverly Hills prices. I was going to say that sounds expensive just by you saying the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a treat, right? Wow. So Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. We're going to take a little break to hear from our sponsors. Let's talk about insurance, specifically your good neighbor from State Farm, Agent Stephanie Rodriguez. She's located on the southeast corner of Thornydale and Cortero, here to elevate your insurance experience by providing you an expert evaluation of your current coverages and providing you with a complimentary quote. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This podcast is brought to you by Tucson College of Beauty. Locally owned and in business for 19 years, they offer programs for hair, skin, and nails. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Tucson College of Beauty. So in your opinion, what makes a good facial? Mm-hmm. I love that you said my opinion because it's just one opinion, yeah. right? Um, again, I'm a Taurus and I love all the things like the sensory experience is a big deal for me. So temperature, various temperature, but for me, it's the massage. Um, when you've had a good facial massage, you can't turn back. It's different. I remember I gave a massage to my client before I went to Paris and I came back and she had been seeing me for years. She's had facials all over the world because she was in the military and she was like, Wow, Marisa, that is a facial. That was a facial massage. And so for me, that it just feels really good, I think. And then the different smells don't hurt either. When it smells good, I think that's a nice experience too. Yeah. So essential oils mm-hmm. and the vibe. And the product, right? Like different product. products that have different scents, um, especially when it's coming directly for me from like the source like the plant like you can smell that it's like unadulterated in some form and just for me like when you can have that if it's like pure that smells good as a tourist smell is like a big thing and so Absolutely. yeah that's fascinating i feel special because you told me i have hands of an angel you do you really she do said that like, <laughs> you do mm-hmm. I, i've had do. those hands on my face those were pretty great <laughs> they were really i agree good. though facial massage is is important that's one of the big ones Absolutely. Could you tell us more about some of the medical services that you offer and could you go into your mentorship and what's that about? Sure. So um, medical services are not, I mean, they're there. They're helpful. The reason why I added them was because people are going to go somewhere to get, for example, microneedling or RF microneedling. Um, and even dermaplaning, it's not my favorite thing to give only because it does take a lot away from the top layer of the skin that really does protect us. So I even consider that a medical, more medical related skincare service, but they're going to go somewhere else. And I oftentimes have clients say like, I, I went there, but I didn't really feel like the energy felt good or, and I was sending all of this all of my clients somewhere else to spend their money somewhere else when they already felt comfortable in my space. And if I had enough clients who I knew would support the service and it would pay for itself, I don't so much care that it like makes a ton of money. 
I just wanted them to feel safe. And I wanted to do it with a level of integrity um, and not charge them, not have them charge it on a credit card also. Like them going into these spaces and they promote like, charge it on care credit, do it on credit. Our people are already up to their ears in debt. Like why are we forcing and why are we encouraging that? So if I can provide this medical-related service more on a sliding scale where I'm still profiting and you're happy and you're in a safe space, then that's what I'll do. And so that's how that came about. As far as my mentorship that I offer, um, it really did come out of that space where Beauty Republic started. So I'm in a new space. It's a sanctuary. It's a one-treatment room. Vanessa and I share it. We work on alternating days. We can never be in there at the same time because there's one treatment bed. And we also, because of COVID, I think people feel safe in that right now. Um, but the mentorship came out of me wanting to provide what I've been given by, like, Sandra, the knowledge that she shared with me. People are already asking me questions pretty often about this business and our industry. And not that I think everyone should have to pay for that information, but some it was coming at me a lot more than I, I thought, oh, this is kind of taking a lot of time from like my kid and my husband and my, my business. Why don't I just add this as another service that I provide? So my intention with that is to provide mentorship for people in our industry, estheticians, cosmetologists, nail techs, whichever um, service they want to provide is fine with me. But this is the industry I know. So that's why I wanted to really dial it in on our industry to create hopefully an interdependent relationship between that person where we're learning together. I don't want to just be telling you like this is what I did so do this and it'll work for you that would be a lie because not everyone is hardwired the same so I want to be able to create a safe space for people myself and them included so that we can navigate how your business is going to be best reflective of you as a human being as an individual and so that we can cultivate a space for you to go out and do your thing just like you do with the women that you work with right you're doing the same thing in your space um, I want to be able to help them navigate this abundance of information that's out there. How do we choose what we delve our and give our energy to? So I'm just, I think I'm really good at like narrowing it down to like, these are the things that are going to work for me. How can I help you do that for yourself? And how can we create a sustainable business in Tucson, in this community? Because Tucson is very much like a small community, right? How can we help you dial in on your niche, if you will, in this space where everybody's doing all the things how can you differentiate yourself so that's incredible whatever you're charging for that it's not enough no and i'm not you. even sure what the price is i'm like i don't know you might want to go on there and you look. need to like <laughs> up that price i'm gonna tell you right now Thank um you. and i like this idea for somebody like aliana who's like kind of a newbie mm. into the skincare world so i would love for you to go yeah, and like, do that me, i'm gonna look that up <laughs> Sure. Is this appropriate for newbies or do you think it's appropriate for everybody? I think it's appropriate, especially for newbies. It's something I wish that I had. I mean, I did have it. I had it with Sandra. Sure. But a lot of people that I know that were in the same experience as I leaving school, they didn't have that. And I'm not saying that that's the reason why they're not doing this anymore. But I do feel like when you don't have someone like yourself who's doing it for the people you work with, they're so blessed, right, to have that. And especially right now when it's encouraged to go do your own thing right out of the gate, that's hard. And if you don't have, if you're not hardwired in a way where you're like, 
hungry and dedicated and organized and can multitask, if you don't have those skills and it's better for you, I think, to go out and have someone hold your hand, it's not bad. No. It's good if you go out and outsource that kind of guidance, if you will. Definitely. I want the people in my space to be the best versions of themselves and to mm -hmm. all be successful because at the end of the day, you guys are a reflection of me. Absolutely. I'm like an octopus and y'all are my tentacles. Absolutely. So <laughs> everybody needs to be like in line. But luckily, I think everybody there is. So I feel super lucky to have the team that I have. If there's anybody listening that is possibly an esthetician student or cosmetology student, is that mentorship something that they can do or would you like them to be certified? So they just have to be in school at least um, because a lot of the language, a lot of the the concepts aren't going to, they're not going to land. I don't think until you're actually in that space of at least being in school. So okay. yes, they Perfect. can they can totally come to me if they're in school or right out of school. Give us a quick rundown of the things that you do for wellness and relaxation mm. and maybe just diet and just all of the wellness things. So I hope that I'm not that that um, wild child coming in here and like shaking things up too much with like the things that I've said so far. But I have a, a hate relationship. I have a lot of resentment towards the wellness thing, the, the theme of wellness, only because it's very it's a privilege to like pull those pieces into some people's lives, right? And I'm speaking from this space of like a person of color. How many of our mamas out there, our moms specifically, our parents, nanas, got time, like had the privilege of incorporating wellness into their oh, lives? No, not at all. No, right? And I'm not saying that I don't do it because they didn't get to do it. But reality is like, I'm the mom, the wife, the business owner. I'm still a woman of color who's even still underpaid when it comes to like the bigger picture. And I'm like, most of the time I'm in survival mode. So wellness for me might just look like taking a, a hot shower for three minutes and not two. Yeah. Um, wellness for me might be um, drinking a cup of tea at the end of the day. I will say I do get massage every three weeks because of my business. So I'm not going to go and like say this and then not disclose that. I have to do it because of my physical well-being. But when it comes to wellness, it's not something that I like. I don't think about it. I just do what I can We're to stay afloat, it. right? We're not good about it. I had to drag you in for a facial. Totally. To you and I, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's not, and it's not because I don't want to, I want to do those things, but I also want to be honest with people out there and tell them like, if you're not, if it's not happening for you right now, don't feel bad about it. Like being a vegetarian and vegan and exercising and buying all the good clothes to exercise and getting the facials and the massages, like what we provide is a luxury experience. And if that's not in your rotation of things that you do for yourself, like, that's okay. Because yeah. these things are totally a privilege to be a part of. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I so. asked my mom one time, mom, how come you guys never got facials and we massages this, back yeah. in the day? And she was like, are you crazy? Like, we were just trying to survive. Yeah. And so it definitely is a, a privilege and a luxury to have. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Could you tell us about your bestie, Vanessa? Oh, my Vanessa. Um, <laughs> I am happy to tell you about my bestie, Vanessa. So she is officially my, I, we would call each other like sisters, but she's officially my sister-in-law because she married my husband's brother. Wow. So through this community of people, 
um, working with Sandra. They kind of met at um, a retreat together. And so that and my husband, he's such an intuitive. It's nutty. Like he's, man, my husband, he's something else. We can talk about that another time. But he called it. He was like, they're going to, I think they should get married. And at first I'm like, don't even bring that energy. Like it's going to make my best friend weird with your brother while they're married. Wow. (laughs) So she's really my sister-in-law. Um, Vanessa is the most, one of the most courageous, sensitive, stubborn, beautiful people that I know. And she is the first person that I've had a legit, authentic, interdependent relationship with as another, as being another woman. So like we are beautiful mirrors for each other. We come from very similar backgrounds. Um, the places that we grew up in, for example, growing up on the south side of Tucson, understanding what it's like to grow up in poverty, understanding what it's like to um, grow up without a father in the house, growing up, like we have very similar understandings. And I think that when you have those understandings of each other, it creates a different bond. Um, she's also very committed to her healing in a very similar way that I am. And I'm not saying it's the only way, but when that's your best friend and you work together, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, and she is always, she's always up for anything. I can give her like, I think you talked about this with someone that you brought. Your, your she's her Lindsay. Yeah. 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 Vanessa is Marissa's Lindsay. Like, this is like kind of like a mirror right here. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay is like yeah. my right hand at the spa and she's down for whatever. And it scares her sometimes, but I push her and she's into it. And it's then she's like, always like, thank you, buddy. I'm really happy you. that we did this. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy we did this too. So I have a deep level of respect for her as a mom. Um, as a, a human being, she has seen me at my literal most vulnerable moments and not just childbirth, but really uncomfortable things I've had to navigate with like my father and things like that. And she's quite literally seen me without eyes of shame, like just seen me and been there with me and held space for me. So I can't say enough really special things about her. And what about your hubby? Cause I know he owns a barber shop mm-hmm. and how do you guys navigate through both being business owners? Um, well, the work that we've done with Sandra, again, I'll say that has helped us to create really good boundaries with our spaces and to help find balance in a relationship. Um, he, his business, just like mine has changed. It's gone through what I think very similar to like this metamorphosis, like a butterfly It was this very, it's a male dominant business. It's a barbershop and it's gone through this transformation of, bring some soft feminine energy into the space i mean they have a mural of marcy ellis has a mural in that space my husband's business looks very different than it did 12 years ago or so um you might walk in 12 years ago and there's like not nothing wrong with it like i'm an i'm an old school fan of like hip-hop and like you know things like that but before you would walk in and it was your very traditional male dominant barbershop loud guys being guys and now you might walk in and they, my husband might be burning an incense and there's crystals and they have like instruments in the space because when they have downtime, they're like, he's playing his spirit flute or they're drumming. Um, like I said, Marcy Ellis has this beautiful mural painted on the wall. The men in there are just, their energy is different and they're attracting that level of clientele, that type of clientele. So when you walk in, it's like you said about Beauty Republic's old space. It has this really beautiful hum 
of a more balanced energy and people I think feel really safe in there. So it's it's pretty cool to walk in and see that in a shop. Sounds like a vibe. Shout it out. What's the yeah. name of the Bullets Barbershop. Bullets Barbershop. Mm-hmm. Like it. Could you tell us about your European inspired non tipping system? Mm, sure. So I went to train in Paris. I like the ease of going somewhere and we know what it's gonna cost. There's no surprises. You're not sitting there calculating like if I add on this dessert and if I add on this thing, how much will I be paying now? Especially for people like us who like to take cash to tip because we know like the fees involved or we want it just to be easier for the person providing the service. Now you don't have enough cash because you added on three things. Um, I wanted things to be simpler, cleaner. I also dove into the history of tipping. And as I learn more, it's oppressive. Like tipping came out of a space of keeping people that were in the bottom of the barrel, in the bottom of the barrel. Like people only made, that's the only income they made. And we kind of still see it now with servers. What we give them is what they make, like $2 and some change an hour is what they're given if we don't provide the tip. And then we are the one dangling the carrot, like, are you going to be good or are you going to be bad? If you're bad, I'm going to give you this percent or I might not tip you at all. So that that power, that power that tips carry, it doesn't feel good to me. Um, and that's why I did away with it. I also felt like it empowered me as a woman to say, this is what I want you to pay. And this is what I will be guaranteed like to bring in if this is the price. I've also seen service providers harp on their tips like, oh, they only gave me this much or oh, they only. First of all, tips are optional in our industry. So we should just be grateful that they showed up. They trusted us. They allowed us to provide that service and that experience and that we're doing what we love. So if you don't like it and you're a business owner, do away with it is what I would always say to them. And so I kept saying it to them. And I finally was like, why am I not doing away with it either? And I did. And it also, I think it brought me more business. First, people thought it was weird and they didn't like it, especially more um, older women. They did not like that at all. And they would still try to leave. And I still have like a few clients that will do it every time. I did it to you. I Apple paid you. And because I had a service and then I left and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot to tip her. So I Apple paid her really quick. And then she sent it back. And I'm like, weird. I'm like, I need more. I need more information about this. And then you like explained it to me. So I think it's really interesting. We're definitely going to have to chat about it and reevaluate and see what we want to do with that. Do you have any personal mantras or affirmations that you follow? I have a lot of them, but I'll give you a couple. Give us a couple. So one that I really love is tell the truth about it. That is from a teacher of mine, Kathy Altman. Tell the truth about it. Like she just says it like that. It's she's a dance teacher of mine, a movement teacher. And I practice that as a wellness thing like I move my body as an intentional form of like meditation and community so we do it on Sundays we take our son when she says tell the truth about it she's I mean it's as simple as it sounds right like let's just let's just tell the truth about it because once we do that we can set ourselves free of the rest it's like let's lay it down and just be honest about it um that one and then one that I really love also is um what um oh now I just now it just slipped my mind yeah I'm gonna have to come back to that one it's talk it's more so about like something doesn't come alive in me until I'm with you so 
I won't, there's certain parts of me that lie dormant until you are a part of me, right? Like I don't know parts of myself until you teach me those parts of myself through being yourself. And so that is something that I really love because I also think it allows people to see everyone in their sphere with eyes of love. Like you are a part of me, you are a part of me that I do not yet know. That's beautiful. I like that. That reminds me of a killer's lyric. That's, I don't shine if you don't shine. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of like keep that one in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. I love that song. And Marisa, where can everybody find you? Um, I'm assuming this is like website stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram is the place beauty republic underscore AZ or website is beautyrepublicaz.com. I want to thank you for coming on to this episode of Skinology Sessions. I feel like, again, with you, we could go on for hours and hours. Thank but you. But I for appreciate you. Thank yes, you. thank you so much. I, 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 this was a, an amazing podcast. Thank you. We're going to have to do for a part the two. Invitation. Yes. Of course, Absolutely. anytime. We'll do a part two with Marissa. If anybody is interested in ad space in the Skinology Sessions podcast, please let us know. We have a great intro price right now. And this is the first podcast of its kind. It's all female dominated, produced with four rotating hosts. So let us know.